You're listening to Root Lock Radio. Hello and welcome to Rootlock Radio, a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. My name is Weston and I am your host. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the podcast. The beacon card for today is Justice, which aligns with the beacon card for this season of Rootlock Radio. And Justice and the Hierophant are two cards I have found myself thinking about a lot lately. Uh, Justice, because Justice is the beacon card of the season of the podcast, and so I'm thinking about it a lot and trying to weave in considerations of that card as we go along. And we'll definitely talk about Justice in depth in a few weeks. But as I mentioned before, I sort of see this season of the podcast is sort of a justice experience as well. And the Hierophant is the beacon card of 2021. And so it's on my mind too, as I sort of look at the year that we are entering and get a feel for how this beacon card is showing up. An experience that I had last year in considering the beacon card, which was the emperor, is that new considerations about that card came up as the year passed. So at the start of 2020, I was very much focused on the concept of restructuring with the emperor. But by the end of the year, the theme of authority and really our relationship to authority took the forefront for me. And based on that was based on what I had experienced and witnessed over the course of the year. So that showed me that the year can really reveal new things about the card in addition to what I might be thinking at the start of the year. Now, a big event has occurred in the United States and I think something that the whole world has been paying attention to. And this happened last week in uh, the United States in Washington, D.C., which was the, the raid on the United States Capitol. And this was a kind of the first big event of 2021, right? And I couldn't help but think how different it felt from all these big events of 2020. To me, it seemed to have a different tone to it. And a word that kept coming up in my mind is accountability. Now, I mentioned in season four, episode one, that I see the Hierophant as like a relational healer that invites us to dive down and investigate the deeper spiritual values that lie beneath the things that we speak about and fight for and our politics. The Hierophant is sort of asking us to go a little bit deeper and reveal these values. And in revealing these values, the deeper like core spiritual values of what we're talking about, what we're fighting for, what we believe in, in revealing the spiritual core of it, we become accountable for them, right? So last week feels to me like it really kind of tore that open for us. And after witnessing that, I wonder, how can you claim that the president and his ardent supporters aren't dangerous people? They aren't a danger to us all. How can you not see that? Well, one way is by listening to their words, right? 
And one thing that Trump does pretty geniusly, and it's the only thing I think he does geniusly, but you know, that's not my point here. But one thing that I think that I see him doing is to manipulate words and to deflect and subvert the truth. He speaks lies so confidently that in some ways it's kind of understandable that so many people believe them, right? And he also uses nuance and subtext to say things implicitly. And he definitely did that last week. He did not say explicitly, go mob the Capitol building and have a riot there and break windows and hurt people, right? He didn't say that because if he did, he would be held accountable. But he did the closest thing he could do to say that implicitly, right? He did kind of the equivalent of saying those things in an implicit way. And it's genius in a sense because it allows him to say these things and to incite this violence and not be held accountable for what happened, or at least he expects that he won't be held accountable. And we'll see what happens with that. I also think about accountability when I've read that so many people who have coronavirus say they have no idea how they got it, right? Now, of course, it's a very contagious and airborne virus, so there are probably a lot of people who don't know how they got it. But also, I don't know is the thing that someone says when they don't want to be held accountable for their actions, right? I don't know. If you broke a vase at your grandma's house and did not want to be held accountable, what would you say? I don't know how that vase broke. I just don't know. It's the go-to answer for someone who doesn't want to be held accountable for their actions. And of course, sometimes when people say this, they really don't know. So this is not meant to be a way to teach you to more effectively accuse people of doing things they didn't do. It's not that, right? I'm not saying when someone says they don't know that you need to assume that they do. But it's something to consider. If a person went to an indoor party and didn't wear a mask and caught COVID and did not want to be held accountable for the irresponsibility of that, what do you think they'd say to their doctor? I don't know how I got it. I have no idea. I've been really safe, right? So perhaps in 2021, this kind of thing could catch up with you because the Hierophant is here to hold us accountable for the true spiritual core of our values and actions. The Hierophant is kind of here to say, hmm, you're saying that, but do you really believe it? You're saying that, but are you acting in a way that's in alignment with that? It's kind of like getting called into the principal's office, right? So you may want to consider for yourself, if I got called into the principal's office, you know, in a metaphorical way, what would I expect to happen? We've seen a lot of what I think of as pretty immature behavior in the world, and especially the United States lately. Um, and that this has been really modeled for people by people in power, right? And it's kind of like when we get called into the principal's office, right? Because the hierophant is associated with those that time of life where we're like in school and we're being institutionalized and taught sort of these norms of how to survive in society, what's right and wrong, right? And of course, that can be different for different people and those values can be corrupt in their own way. But it's like that principal's office moment, right? 
So think about that. And, you know, that's just some of my initial thoughts of 2021 based on the Hierophant and just kind of lining it up with what I'm seeing so far this year. And I thought I'd share. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk about the numbers 6 and 9 and the kind of mirroring effect that these two numbers have. And I'm going to do that by looking at the number six and nine cards in the Major Arcana, which are the Lovers and the Hermit. So we'll examine the relationship between these two cards, how they're similar, how they're different, and how there's really kind of an inverse nature between them that's similar to the inverse nature that we see in those numbers, six and nine, right? And how that is reflected in the nature of these two cards. So with one, we turn outward, and with the other, we turn inward. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Rootlock Radio. with this season of the podcast is to find different layers and systems of meaning within the major arcana of the tarot. As you will see in this episode, often these systems have a ripple effect that can help you to find meaning in the minor cards as well. So it's not like this season is completely devoid of information that you can apply to the minors. Today we are going to look at the relationship between the 6 and 9 in the tarot by focusing on the Lovers and the Hermit card. Now, we all know that there is kind of a fascination with that flipped mirroring of the numbers 6 and 9 based on their appearance, and nowhere is this more apparent than our labeling of the number 69 as representative of a sexual act. But regardless of that association, The two numbers have a relationship that is clearly represented in the way that they mirror each other, simply in their appearance. In the tarot, these two numbers correspond with the Lover's card and the Hermit card. And in my view, the Lover's is a card where we really turn outward, and the Hermit is a card where we really turn inward, but they share a purpose in trying to get some clarity about ourselves. So with lovers, we look out to understand ourselves. With hermit, we look in. So even at the most basic level, out, in, there is an inversion in the relationship between these two cards. And this inversion actually goes much deeper. And I see the lovers and hermit as offering a sort of assistance to each other that is further reinforced by the six and nine minor cards in the tarot. So there's kind of a way that you can turn from one to the other in certain moments, and I'll talk about that today. That's my intention in this episode. So let's first start out by talking about the two cards independent of each other. The Lovers is a card that I associate with the concept of mirroring. On its surface, the Lovers card appears to be related to romantic love, and it definitely can be. 
And we all know that romantic love is one of the most challenging things you can experience because it brings up so much from inside of us. Maybe we don't all know that, but that's something that often comes up with romantic love, right? Why are these relationships so challenging? Well, whatever insecurities, impulses, emotional triggers we have, they are bound to be brought up by these kind of relationships in ways that they don't necessarily get brought up by other types of relationships. And this is because these really intimate attachments bring up our history. Um, If you know anything about like the attachment styles, right? Secure attachment, insecure attachment, anxious and avoidant. Um, And I would definitely recommend checking that out if you don't know much about that. But it shows us that these kinds of intimate relationships really bring up things in our history, especially things from how we were brought up as children. And so romantic love kind of creates this sort of mirroring because it shows us what is some what is deep inside of ourselves that we might not know is there. It brings out parts of ourselves that are usually hidden and then we, we may want to avoid or are ashamed of or even just aren't even aware of and forces us to look at them and deal with them. And that's why these sort of relationships can be so uncomfortable and also why they can help us to grow in ways that we might not otherwise. And, you know, this is true of not just romantic relationships, but any kind of deep relationship. A really deep friendship can also bring up a lot of this sort of deep stuff, right? These, these emotional triggers, these patterns that are deep inside of us that we might not see in other contexts. And so The Lovers isn't just about romantic love. I, I, you know, that would be way too limiting for a card in the tarot because we pull this card in all kinds of situations, right? That have nothing to do with romantic love. So if you pull The Lovers in a situation around, I don't know, work, You know, you might be like, well, I don't understand. Is this trying to help me think about, you know, my romantic life? No, no, it's not. The real invitation of the lover's card is for us to engage in the same kind of self-reflection process that romantic love as an archetype is known for bringing up. So in practical terms, what this means is that when we draw the lover's card or when we work with the lovers as something like a beacon card, then we are in a situation in which we are meant to use what is around us as a mirror to help us to see our deeper hidden self. And a place to start with this is your reactions to what is happening around you or what it what is in your environment. This could be a lover, yeah, sure, but it could also be your job, your home, your city, your environment in some other way, your family, your friends, your cat, your dog, everything that comprises the life you have, everything that's around you that is external. What do these things say about you? How do the things you have chosen in your life reflect yourself back to you? How do some of these reflections reveal things about yourself that you may not even be aware of? And how do your reactions to those things, the patterns of emotions or thoughts that you encounter around them, or patterns of behavior as well, how do those show yourself to you? Basically, how does your relationship with the external conditions of your life 
offer you a window into your own deeper self, into something like what you might call your soul. We are all part of a system of relationships, right? And we are all part of a system of environments and contexts and social contexts. And we play a role in those environments. And that is, role is likely determined by who we are. We end up in our situation because of who we are in some way. And that's not to say if you're in a bad situation that you're a bad person or that it's all your fault. That's certainly not the case. But the lovers is an opportunity to investigate what role we play in it and see ourselves in a new way so that we can learn to begin to be a little bit more intentional about our lives and maybe find ways where we're empowered, find places where we have agency if we feel like we don't. So it can be a really empowering card. Another thing about the lovers is that it comes toward the end of the first leg of the major arcana, the first leg of the journey. So on the you know archetypal human life spectrum, we are nearing the end of our developmental phase and are close to emerging as adults, right? I often think of the lovers as like kind of mid to late adolescence. This is where we're starting to have choice and to have opportunity to make choices for ourselves instead of having them made for us. And that is part of the freedom of this time in our lives of middle to late adolescence is suddenly we're allowed to do things we weren't allowed to do before. We have these rights and freedoms that we weren't allowed to have before, at least archetypally speaking. But the choices we are drawn toward also say a lot about who we are and the kind of person we're developing into. And then they also have an impact on us, right? So the things that we choose to do at that age kind of then shape us as well. So there's this interrelationship. So choice is a big piece of the lover's puzzle. What are you choosing in your life? Where do you choose to live? What do you choose to do with your time? Who do you choose to be around? And of course, there are lots of limitations to choice. And much of this is determined by things like privilege or oppression. And many people have very limited choices in some of these realms that I'm talking about. But that said, what the lover says is like, look at where you are choosing. Look at the places where something in your environment is reflecting who you are. There's some interrelationship between something deep, deep within you that you might not even be fully aware of and what's happening around you. So an example would be like a close relationship, right? And you kind of are maybe dissatisfied with this relationship. Drawing the levers in that context might be inviting you to figure out how is this relationship mirroring a part of yourself back to you? And that might go back to like attachment styles. If you have like an anxious attachment style and you're in a relationship with someone who just is not meeting your needs and you find yourself just moving in on them, moving in on them, feeling really anxious all the time, looking for reassurance, and you're kind of like maybe, you know, overwhelming them and they keep telling you that, but you can't stop, right? There's something deeper going on here. And the lover's card would be sort of an invitation to figure out what is that dynamic? What, what part are you playing? Where is that coming from in you? There might be some deeper issue, some deeper place where you 
don't feel secure in yourself. And that's where you should be looking. So let's turn to the hermit now. And while the lovers is a card inviting us to look outward in order to see ourselves, right? That mirroring. The hermit, on the other hand, is inviting us to turn inward. So you can see that six, nine sort of inversion, right? While the lovers requires us to engage with our environment and the people in it and everything else in it, the hermit asks us to actually step away and disconnect from those external stimuli and to just be with ourselves and see what there is there when it all clears away. So it's, you know, a similar deep internal investigation, but the method is really different. So on its surface, the Hermit card is a card that appears to be about going into solitude, maybe literally going and climbing a mountain to be completely by yourself. But of course, this is symbolic. You don't have to climb a mountain by yourself to engage with the Hermit. But what is required is a clearing away of the external stimuli that distract you from what is happening inside in whatever way is available to you. So while the lovers is sort of showing us something that we might not be able to see if we just sit with ourselves, right? By, by, by mirroring it back to us from some external thing, right? The external is so essential in the lovers because we need it to see ourselves. The hermit is actually disengaging from that external, and that's what allows us to see ourselves in some way. So it's again, you don't have to like go live in a hole, right? But it is an intentional sort of taking some space, disconnecting from external in some capacity in order to really see what's happening inside. So again, the method is really different from the lovers where that external is so necessary. So what we're looking for, just like in the lovers, is to know ourselves better. And while the lovers uses our environment to mirror ourselves back to us, the hermit is more like shining a lantern and looking directly inside to see what you find. So that's a good image. Like the lovers is like looking in a mirror and the hermit is like, if your soul were some sort of internal cave, it's like shining a lantern into that cave. And I associate this card with the concept of inner knowing or inner knowledge. And just like the lovers or honestly all the major cards, the placement of the hermit in the major arcana journey is significant. This card comes just as we initiate the second line of the journey. So in the first line, we're really in a developmental phase. And much of this involves being indoctrinated by society and, you know, learning and taking things in, right? Like children grow up in response to the environment and the society that they're raised in. And that's important because it helps us all to get along, right? If we kind of learn the rules and norms of our society, then we're more likely to do okay in it. But if that's as far as we went, we would never really evolve spiritually, right? We just sort of be in the herd. And so the limitation of the first line of the journey is that we arrive at a false sense of control. So the agency we find in the chariot, which is the last card of that line, of that first leg of the journey, is super important. And we must get there before we can go any further, right? We must kind of feel empowered and feel like we have agency and the ability to make choices and the ability to to make things happen in the world. 
But the cards that come after the Hermit, right, the cards that, that start showing up more in the second half of the journey, really also show us that we have very little control in so many ways. So like Wheel of Fortune, Justice, Hangman, Death, and so on. All these cards, we are at least partially at the mercy of what is beyond our control in one way or another. And we're needing to learn that. So in The Hermit, we are disengaging from the human world that teaches us to embody this false sense of control. And we're going inward, back to our intuition to find a truth that is more elusive and harder to understand, this deep inner knowing. So the hermit is a more advanced place because the lovers is sort of more this like laid adolescent figuring out who we are through the mirroring of our society around us and our environment and conditions. Whereas the hermit is really kind of sitting with ourselves in solitude and figuring out things from there which is harder. And so, of course, you're not necessarily going to evolve every time from the lovers to the hermit. And so that's sort of the interrelationship between these cards, right? Like you could draw the hermit one day, draw the lovers a week later around the same situation. Things aren't so like straightforward and linear as they might be in the archetypal journey. But the hermit is definitely like a more mature energy in a way. So again, both these cards, the lovers and the hermit are cards that call us to know ourselves. And with the lovers, we look out and see what the conditions of the environment, the relationships, the conditions of our lives, what those things say about who we are. They mirror it back to us. And with the hermit, it's like we shut off the lights and disengage from our environment in order to see the light that shines inside when we do. So one is the mirror and the other is the lantern. So let's take a quick break and I'll be back to talk more about these cards. Rulock Radio is made commercial-free by the generous support of its listeners. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can join our Patreon group. A $5 per month contribution gets you access to special deals and discounts, as well as access to the Rootlock Radio Tarot Discussion Forum. In this forum, hosted on Discord, you can chat regularly with me and other Rootlock Radio listeners. It is a great place to bring your tarot questions and reflections and to find support and inspiration in your tarot journey. You can also support me by purchasing one of my tarot PDF books or by enrolling in my self-directed virtual tarot course. All of this can be found on my website, rootlocktarot.com. Another great way to support the podcast that's totally free to you is to rate and review it wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps new listeners to discover Rootlock Radio. And of course, to keep up to date, follow me on Instagram at RootlockTarot and sign up for my email newsletter. Regardless of all that, you show your support by listening to Rootlock Radio. And thank you so much.
Now that we've established this externalizing versus internalizing relationship between the Lover's Card and the Hermit Card, we can explore them a bit more. And one really great use of this relationship is when you draw one of these cards in reverse. So, for example, if you draw the lovers reversed, you may, it may indicate that you are looking outward, looking for something in your environment or the people around you to acknowledge and validate who you are or to figure something out, and it's not working. You're not finding it there. So one signal that the lovers reverse could be is that you're turning outward when you really should be turning in. It could be signaling to you to look at the hermit, to take some time to disengage from the people and conditions that aren't giving you this insight that you need and look more directly within yourself. And then on the other hand, if you draw the hermit reverse, it could be an indication that you are looking inward to find something about yourself, but there's some kind of block and you aren't finding it. So you're really kind of, you are disengaged, you're disconnected, and you're trying to kind of like, I'm going to take some time and space to figure myself out, and it's not working. And it could be signaling to you, if you draw the hermit reversed, that it's a good time to actually look outward, to engage with the people, environments, the conditions of your life, and use that as a tool to help see yourself more clearly. So the hermit reverse can be an invitation to look out at the mirror instead of in at the lantern. Another place we can look for the relationship between the lovers and the hermit is by looking at the sixes and nines in the minor arcana. So the minor cards that connect numerologically to the majors are a kind of practical way into the energy of the major card. That's how I like to think of them, is is they are related in that way. They give us a little bit of a day-to-day, more accessible way in. So they present kind of these everyday experiences that help you to connect with the more thematic and broad experiences that the major cards capture that you might not be as aware of in a day-to-day way. It's hard to track a major card experience in sort of the little interactions or experiences you have through the day. That's more where the minor cards come in. So I may talk about that kind of thing more this season. But that's how I see the relationship between the majors and the minors. And the number is the connection, right? So the majors help us to understand the deeper experience of the minors, right? They kind of say, this is the bigger theme you're working with when you do this little day-to-day thing. And the minors help us to access the more sweeping and thematic energies of the majors by making them more accessible in that day-to-day way, right? So we can kind of tap into those bit more sweeping broad energies by doing little things that that don't seem all that uh, significant or spectacular. So if you draw a major card and are confused about how to work with it, one thing you can do is look at the minor cards that correspond with it to help you access that, right? To give you some access to that bigger theme and vice versa. If you have a minor card and you're not really sure what the bigger picture is of it, like what the bigger point of it is, is of it, Sometimes you can look to the major and think, oh, okay, I kind of understand a little bit better what that connection is. Now, of course, this isn't true of the major cards above 10 because those, the minors only go as high as 10, right? So you're not going to be able to do that with the cards that are higher than 10. But we're going to talk about those cards that are higher than 10 and give you some tools around those later this season. So hold on for that. 
Um, so in this case, let's start with the sixes. Again, we're looking at the lovers card, capturing that mirroring of the external to help us to see ourselves internally. And I'm just gonna touch on all these six cards and also talk a little bit about their relationship to the nine cards. So the six of wands, we look to others to help us celebrate our accomplishments and boost our sense of self-efficacy and self-confidence. When others celebrate us, it reflects back to us our own sense of self-worth. That's what I see in the Six of Wands, right? There's like a little bit of a parade going on. And so it's being really validated. Other people saying, you are worth celebrating. So the external, mirroring our internal. Six of Cups, we look to others to feel fulfilled emotionally and to feel connected. I see this card as kind of capturing the core state that I've talked about. Um, I talked about that some in season three, maybe in season two, but as well. But it's kind of this way where we, we feel really at home with ourselves through feeling connected to others, right? So we're, we're kind of so, so connected with someone else that we feel really calm. And it, it, when you, if you know anything about the idea of co-regulation, right? Like someone being really grounded in your presence can ground you as well. The Six of Cups, I think, has sort of that influence. So it can kind of bring out, the external can bring out this really internal place of comfort and safety and calm and groundedness. Six of Pentacles, we look to others to help us feel secure and materially stable. So there's kind of an exchange on this card of that earth energy to help stabilize when one side, one party of the situation is feeling undersupported and the other has a surplus and something to give. So the mirroring here comes with the helper helped exchange. When you need some help and someone helps you, it makes you feel valued, right? Like that external exchange helps you to feel more stable inside. And when you have something to give and you use it to help someone, that feels good too. So that exchange also kind of brings out a mirroring. With the Six of Swords, we look to acts of service to help us to embody our values. So by helping others, we are able to solidify what is important to us and sort of walk the walk of the talk we talk um, or the think we think. The way we act towards others in the world helps us to mirror back to us who we are from a values perspective. So you can kind of think, this is what I believe, these are what my values are, but until you put it into action, it might be hard to really see yourself as a person who believes or values those things. Um, so, and in all these cases, right, there's a mirroring. And in all these cases, a reversal could also indicate that that external source is not what we're really working with, right? That we're looking to it and it's not working. Just like the lovers reversed, urges us to look at the hermit. In the minor sixes, when those are reversed, we may want to look at the nine cards for, for support. So with the nines, right, we're turning inward and disconnecting from the external world in order to see ourselves better. So let's touch on how this shows up in each of the nine cards. With the nine of wands, we have separated from others in response to our accomplishments, right? We've kind of won the battle and we are sort of with our uh, 
loot. I don't know. We're, we're with our whatever we've won. We're just sitting with it by ourselves, right? But the tarot doesn't really like this, right? The tarot doesn't really support ego-driven disconnection from others. It kind of sees that as an unhealthy and very like human kind of capitalist uh, perspective, right? Like, like win the battle, win all these goods, and then hoard them to yourselves, right? That's already prevalent in our society. Like that's that's the the values that drive our society, and so that kind of materially materially driven accomplishment. And that at the expense of relationship is something that the tarot doesn't write. Like, it's here to help us connect to others and to our emotions and to our spirituality. And so this card doesn't really have a super pleasant feeling, right? And so even upright, this card may be urging us to look at the six of wands or another six card. And then reversed, we might have to work extra hard for it because there, we are also disconnected from or not seeing what is going on here, right? I think a, a reversed nine of wands might say, we're not really even aware of how disconnected we are. Nine of cups, we can find emotional instability and uh, fulfillment on our own. So we have everything we need. You see that row of cups behind the person. This card captures that internal emotional resources that we can use to help ourselves to feel stable and resilient. So it's again, kind of internal. We have everything we need. We have all the resources. If the card's reversed, that might be that we don't have enough on our own and we need to look for others, look to others to have enough. And so we might look at a card like the Six of Cups. Nine of Pentacles, we find ourselves uh, having a sense of security and material stability independent of others. Nine of Pentacles captures us having what we need to feel grounded and provided for, and it's all available to us independent of what happens in our external world. Um, if this card is reversed, we may be trying to feel that way, trying to feel really self-sufficient, but we really need to step outside of ourselves and ask for help and turn to a card like the Six of Pentacles to find what that is like. And then with the Nine of Swords, we look inward for answers that we aren't going to find. So we combine the inwards and spiritual seeking energy of a nine with the mental energy of the swords, and there is a real kind of clash. We aren't going to answer spiritual questions logically. So the questions are spiritual because they are inherently unanswerable. And that is one way that the nine of swords can show up. And so even upright, this card may be urging us to look outward to embody our spiritual values towards others. And a card like the maybe the Six of Swords could help us to do that. So that's just a brief look at the Six and Nine in the minor cards. Um, I could do a whole episode on those cards, probably multiple episodes. Uh, but I just want to acknowledge that I haven't given a full comprehensive overview of those cards and how they relate to each other, just an introduction. But hopefully rooting them in the Lovers and the Hermit and also thinking about that inverse relationship between these, those two cards and how they can kind of point to each other in certain moments can give you an idea of how these relationships might play out in the minor cards as well. So one more thing for today. Uh, last week, we introduced the idea of echo cards, which means that all of the cards in the second half of the Major Arcana journey 
hold the echo of a card from the first half. And this echo can help you to remember that you have already gained some insight into how to best utilize the invitation of that later card. And that insight was gained in the earlier part of the journey. You can find the echo card of the, uh, of the latter, later half cards in the journey by counting how far above justice that card is. And the echo card will correspond to that number. So for instance, the star is six cards above justice. And therefore, the lovers is the star's echo card. So the star is an invitation to feel like you are a part of the fabric of the universe, a part of the collective, the, the universal collective, like really even the energy of all of the universe, not just the human collective. Um, so it's really a, a way of kind of feeling completely interconnected and at home with being interconnected in this deep and profound way. So when we get the star, we can turn to the lovers as its echo card. And I said in last week's episode that the echo card is almost like a whisper telling us we have in some way, in some simpler way, been here before or encountered this in some way. So in this case, that whisper sort of says, look outward. So with the star, we want to look outward to understand that we are deeply and profoundly interconnected and that everything that exists in the universe, we are connected to. Judgment is nine cards past justice. And so the echo card of judgment is the hermit. And in judgment, we are in being invited to step through a threshold into a realm that is um, completely unknown to us. And so everything that is known to us is stripped away. You can see those bodies in the grave standing up to answer the call from a trumpet in the sky. The metaphor here is that after physical death, we are called somewhere else, Um, which may or may not be true, but that's the metaphor, right? And so again, we have an echo in the hermit. We have encountered this in a simpler form in the first half of the journey in the Hermit card. So what is the whisper that the Hermit offers in this judgment moment? It says disconnect from the external. Let go of your known environment. That is the key to stepping forward into this unknown. When we cross that judgment threshold, we really have to let go of everything we know. And the Hermit is a place where we've already kind of practiced that by disconnecting. So that's it for today. I hope this has been helpful and interesting for you and that you've learned something about the connection between the lovers and the hermit and that you've learned something about those cards. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you next time. Bye. Rulock Radio is a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. It is written and produced by me, Weston. Music for the podcast is provided by Shenandoah Davis and Jeray. You can find links for both of these incredible artists in the show notes. To support the podcast, consider joining the Patreon community. And if you love Rulock Radio, don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a kind review. To learn more about me and the tarot goods and services I have to offer, please visit my website, rootlocktarot.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time for Rootlock Radio.